Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast. Before we get started, I just want to say a few things about Laura Lee Smith. She is a real estate agent with Better Homes and Garden Real Estate here in Bryan College Station, Texas, and the surrounding area. We are personally using Laura Lee to purchase our first home. And when we first came to Laura Lee, we had questions whether we could even buy a home. And the next thing you know, we have a lender and we're approved. We've got a list of homes that meet our criteria and in our price range. And she does all of the talking back and forth with all the things that we don't understand. And she puts everything in one package so there's no hidden fees. We know exactly what we're going to pay from start to finish the whole process. She really does protect the home buyer and make the home buying experience pleasant. I didn't even think that was possible. And she made me a believer. So if you've ever thought of or are thinking of buying a home here in the Bryan College Station area, please give her a call or text at any time and she would be glad to help. The number is 979-218-2315. Again, that's 979-218-2315. And she would be glad to help you. And since she is the very first ever sponsor of the podcast, please, when you call or text her, let her know that you got the number from 95Adventure Podcast. All right, that's some exciting news that we have there at the first of the show. And now on to the actual episode, and that is with Marlis Shelton. Such a unique individual and a unique outlook on life. She doesn't let anybody affect her except for the people that are in her bubble that she deals with on a daily basis, and she only tries to surround herself with positive human beings. I want you to enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So please, welcome Marlis Shelton. All right. It's recording now. Okay. Okay. We were just talking beforehand. Now I have to get the story out of Marlis. Okay. She said her parents were a bunch of hippies and mm-hmm. she got to be on stage at a very young age at a Bob Seger concert. Mm-hmm. I was like two years old and my parents were backstage for um, good reasons. And um, I got on stage and I danced with Bob Seger with huge loudspeakers. And that's why I talk loud. That's why I cheer loud. <laughs> And um, that's why when people tell me shh all my life, it's because I can't hear. <laughs> <laughs> you say, huh? I have the same problem in, in the vows that you saw that we had in that little case. Um, I wrote in that, like, I wrote in there that I'm sorry for every time I say, huh? And mm-hmm. I, you know, I like lean my ear towards like, like that towards her when we we're going through our vows. Because she gets so aggravated at me when I I don't I have to constantly ask what it's annoying to me too and I know it's aggravating and so it drives me up the wall I'm like but if I don't hear it I legitimately have to say huh what, what was right that? right and constantly repeat things to her and so oh well try both of us me and my husband can't hear him from his work and me just because you know I got blasted out at an early age by my hippie parents. <laughs> <laughs> What's your husband do? Um, he's a carpenter. He does uh, remodeling, and um, he's very good at it. And um, I like what he does. He does. It, he fixes everybody else's house, but mine is last. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's usually the <laughs> the way it goes. Is like when you're doing something, you don't want to just come home and do what you've been doing all day long. Mm-mm. Yeah. I'll get to it later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> all right. Next year rolls around. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh. Well, um, I word. Let's let's get into what made you want to get into CrossFit. Like, what made you want to step in that door for the first time or give it a shot and try it? What appealed to you? Well, um, I knew nothing about CrossFit. 
I just knew that it was intense workout. I thought it was like going to a true fit gym and you worked out like that or something and you know, you worked as a group. It was like an aerobics class or something. That's what I thought CrossFit was. I had no idea what I was walking to at all. I was at FedEx and I was working for Brian Shoppy. Oh. Yeah. And he was walking around, you know, <laughs> with his cross. I said, what's CrossFit? And somebody told me, you know, he, you know, he's part of that gym and so on and so forth. And I said, okay. And I said, Brian. And he goes, yeah. You know, he intimidated me. And, Intimidating looking guy. Yeah. And he said, um, I said, what about Brian? He goes, well, if you want to go, it's down this way, da, 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 da. And he was real nonchalant about it. I said, okay, I can do this. It's no big deal. I can lift a weight or two. And so I go into the gym and I was like, okay, this is what this is about. I had no idea, but I enjoyed it. I loved it. Everybody was real welcoming. They were real warm. They were kind to me. Um, they were outgoing and they came from all walks of life. So I loved it. That's what got me into it was Brian Shoppy. So you didn't even know what it was from no, the internet I had no or anything? Idea. You didn't Google it? You were just like, no, it's just like a just, gym. Come on, let's go. Yeah. Just so, walk on in and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so funny. And I thought, I could do this. I'm going to show them. And boy, y'all showed me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we should, It shows everybody. Yeah, they showed me. It shows me. everybody. It's very humbling. Yes, it is. Yeah. Because I'm walking in and I'm like, no big deal. Watch what I can do. And boy, I was like, yeah, humbled completely. But it, it really, it, it just enticed me because I didn't know anything about it. So it made me want to know more about it. Because of the attitude, just the atmosphere made me want to do it. Yeah, it's fun. Mm -hmm. All the, the community, what makes it more enjoyable than anything. Like the friends that you get and you, you the, like share in the, you share in the struggle. Oh, but yeah. Then most the of the time, is real. <laughs> like most of the time when I'm talking to people after, I'm not even talking about CrossFit. Mm -mm. I don't talk about this. Like that's a misconception. Well, some people do that. But then, and it is fun to talk about. I'm going to say that. I will say that. But then when I get in conversations with people, it's usually about other things. Like, mm -hmm. how are your kids doing? Yeah. What's been going on in your life? Yeah. You know, so how's it's your like day going? more on a personal level, mm -hmm. you know, with things, which makes it enjoyable for me mm -hmm. because I had always been a, followed in my dad's footsteps. And what like, is your dad's footsteps? Like, so. He had, we owned a food service. And mm -hmm. so I was always like, you know, I'm in the food service. You know, it's always, I'm doing exactly what my dad's doing right behind him, mm -hmm. that type of thing and job. And then going home when you own a family business, it was nothing but talking about business with my, you know, with all of my family, my grandparents and my dad, um, which was, I mean, it was just normal to me. It wasn't bad. It was just normal. But then that was the first place that I went to where nobody knew what I did. Nobody asked me about my job. Nobody talked about work. And so it got me in a better habit of talking about other things. But not only that, it felt nice to be liked as just who I was as a human. Like, I don't even, I didn't even know you worked at FedEx. Mm -hmm. I, I just did. know you as Marlis. Yeah. You know? And that's the same thing. I mean, I didn't even know your name at first, but I would watch you work out and I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I don't know. And then Who's I'd see Jess and I would say, well, mm, yeah, maybe. And then Brian would tell me things, you know, to encourage. That's what I'm saying. It was an encourage. It's it's an encouraging. It's not a discouraging atmosphere. It makes you. It motivates you. You know, you could be in the worst shape, and you wind up being 
not in the worst shape anymore, you know, but you go from like an infant, you know, to crawling, to moving on up. And like you said, you also share conversations about each other's lives, but it's about, you know, what's going on in your daily life, what's going on with your kids, you know, whole families come up there. Yeah. You know, and like you said, nobody knows you. Nobody knew me up there. Yeah. Nobody knew who I was. They just said, oh my gosh, she's a old white woman doing CrossFit. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> well, what did you do before you started going there? Like um, any exercises before that? Yeah. When I was, um, well, when I was in high school, I did um, middle distance uh, track. I did uh, a lot of softball. And then I traveled all over the United States playing softball, like in my 20s on up to my 30s. Really? What? How'd you? What university or no, what did you do? Just that? just slow pitch softball, but it was like a ball, and they paid us to play oh, ball. Yeah, and yeah, no, like a travel teams. Yeah, yeah, we were traveling. I've played teams. on one before. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. I got to meet Puff Daddy. That was interesting. <laughs> so you're legit. Oh my this, god, this it scared world. me to meet him. And he's <laughs> really? a softball fanatic. Yeah, but he doesn't play very well. Oh, don't take that wrong, Puff Daddy. But anyways. <laughs> But um, I was fast. I was good. I worked out at a gym. I did bodybuilding. I did all that. What what, what team did you play on? The travel team. Um, the travel. I played on several. And if I can remember, my my mind is foggy. But we played on a, a God dog it war, which stands for whip. You know <laughs> that regularly, <laughs> and. <laughs> We, yeah. I played on war. I played basically on a predominantly black team. So my my team, there was only you could only have three non-black people on the team, and I was one of them that got picked. And um, I loved it. I loved the adversity. I liked the camaraderie. I liked the fact that we grew together as a team, and that's how I feel when I'm with at sawed off CrossFit. Yeah, it, it feels it's that same situation yeah you know and um well was it was it co-ed no it was not co-ed but sometimes we would play co-ed we we ranked eighth in the world at one point whoa Mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah we had fun how did you get into that um i was playing at a local park in houston and um somebody noticed me that how fast i was in the outfield and i would make shoestring catches and dive four catches and i mean i put everything into it i wasn't the best best player but i had heart and so that's what they liked about me and um so they picked me up and went on from there then i got married and so then huh how cool is that? It was fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. But then I decided I needed to settle down because, you know, my husband and I got married and we came into a fixed relationship where he had one, I had one, and we came together. And then I wanted another baby. He wanted another baby. And so I hung it up. So what what would you do, I guess, if you had a kid, you're, I guess, you're a single mom at that point, what would you do with the with your child when you left to go play? Uh, I wasn't son, a right? single mom. I was, it was with me and my ex-husband, okay, my son, gotcha. my oldest son that was uh, John. Gotcha. And um, he would take watch him or he would come and watch me and support me. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Or my parents would watch him. Oh, yeah. nice. Or he would come along for the ride. 
Did you get paid to do it? Mm, they paid for our... Winnings of the tournament? Yeah. They paid for, like, our equipment and our hotel rooms and all that other stuff. As far as getting paid cash, no. Our money, no. No, you just got room and board, your equipment's paid for. Airplane tickets, stuff like that. That's cool. Mm, That's so. cool that you get, like, it's basically like a free little weekend vacation. Yes. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. We yeah. played in St. Augustine, Florida, Atlanta... Um, Dallas, uh, Louisiana, shoot, we played all over the place. Oh, uh, Colorado twice, which I loved Colorado. Colorado's the best. Oh my God, you can lay down in that outfield and you feel like you're laying on a bed. (laughs) So nice. But yeah, I enjoyed it. And I was in really, really good shape. I was a lot younger then too. And, um, but I didn't. I never grasped the idea of how important it is when you go to a gym, you know, your, the way you work out, not just about lifting a weight, but the way you work out, the way you um, hold a weight, the way you, you know what I'm saying? I guess all those things didn't come together yeah. until I came to CrossFit. Yep. You know, because you can injure yourself. And I did not, no, I didn't get that part until I came to, to saw it off. And like injure, if you want to push or get any fitter, you need to have, like there's, there's a level where you need to have form. And do things properly. But it's like that with anything. Just in the softball. Mm-hmm. Same way. I mean you can kind of take shortcuts and rely on something. But if you want to make it to a different level. Like a level you're playing. You've got to do a lot of things correctly. And you got to like, practice, practice, practice a lot. Yes. We practice Drill a lot. things. <laughs> drill, drill, drill. That's one thing that um, I see a lot. That, you know, And it's easy to get into it. Because I got into the same thing. where I just want to go lift a bunch of weight. And I always tell, like, I'll tell people the story to try to make it relative to them. I am in no means a, am great at snatches at all. But oh, really? I'm like, yeah, it's one of my worst lifts. <laughs> like, it really is like a struggle for me. But I started out with bad habits and nobody told me I was doing it wrong. They just let me do it, right, when I first started. And so I got to a point where it was like I was stalled. And then I realized I had bad habits. And I went all the way down and wouldn't put more than 95 on the bar. I just did drills, drills, not nothing more than 95 until my form got better. It would even be lighter than that. But I wouldn't put it, it people would be maxing out and I'd have 75 pounds on the bar. Just trying to work on form, form drills, bunch of PVC pipe, you know, anything that I could. It probably didn't work on it long enough. Um, but I did that because I was going to apply. I, I made the mistake and others like coaches and stuff didn't tell me early on that I wasn't doing something right. You know, mm-hmm, exactly. And I see a lot of people doing. They're like, they have the strength to lift things, but their form is just not there. The only thing they're lacking is form. That's me because it's like I feel like I have the strength. However, I can get it up there, but I'm not getting it up there the correct way. And that's what I like about see when I was working out before, nobody showed me about form. Mm-mm. You know, and here, well, and in, in softball, they did when we were running drills and stuff and batting. But, however, in, with weights, no, I didn't have that guidance. Even, it, even with a personal coach, I didn't have that guidance in a group that we have at Sawed Off. And that's important to me that you have that form. Because with that form, you, you know, so what if I can lift 85 pounds? I can lift 85 pounds incorrectly 
can I lift it correctly? No, (laughs) I cannot. (laughs) So it does, you're right. It does make a difference. It makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the slower gains is better. Like making incremental improvements is actually better in the long run than just jumping right to something, you know? And I have a bad habit of doing that. I'm guilty as charged when I say it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would see them like upside down. I'm like, I want to do that. (laughs) I'm going to go try it. That's, yeah, but I never thought I could do this at this age. I'm like 50 years old. There's like four of us there that have done the open. Betty and I were talking about that. And it's encouraging to know that even at 50 years old, I'm able to do something like that. That's and what you, I like about it. You haven't been there that long, have you? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I've been there a year and I've actually started not taking it seriously, but I've actually gotten into my workouts, you know, taking my form a little bit more seriously, taking my, you know, pushing past that pain threshold, which I learned Friday night about that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, am I really going to make it or not? And and it, it makes a difference. And what's really good about CrossFit is that you're not in competition really with anybody else but yourself, you know? Yeah. It's about, you know, beating your own record. You know, not beating somebody else's record or anything like that. And we encourage each other. You know, we can oh, yeah. we can all be working in a group, but she might be at this, you know, at this higher level and I might be at this lower level, but we always try, you know, we work as a team. Yeah. I like that. Well, it's, it's nice to see all the, like, one of the most entertaining and things, things to watch about CrossFit and the thing that I think attracts me to it for sure. And someone like yourself being a former athlete, because a lot of former athletes do it. Mm-hmm. And that is that it's really, really awesome to see somebody pour their heart into something. So they might not be the best, but they're giving yeah. it, they're they're reaching down deep inside something inside them to push one more wall ball up at the top of the wall or row. You know, it didn't like Friday night, just so people know that don't do CrossFit. It was 19.1, the first uh, workout of the Open. And there's wall balls and rowing. I watched watched this lady do it on Saturday before the mobility stability um, mm-hmm. seminar workshop, and just seeing her like she didn't like she was not like a top notch athlete, mm-hmm. but seeing her dig that deep and man, she never let like she wouldn't just stare at the ball or anything. She was trying to tell herself just get the ball up there, get the ball up there. She's heaving it. It's like inspiring to everybody. You you all of a sudden stop like man that person's going harder than probably I do mm-hmm. like I can learn from that person right there as the effort that they put in and mentally they were like I'm not I'm not quitting mm-hmm. and that's cool to see right I, it's it's almost as if I get grateful because I have a son that has traumatic brain injury who's had a stroke and he's 29 and when I think about people like him and then the people that I, that I talk to on the phone from St. Joseph, I'm grateful that I can do what I can do. You know, that mentally I can, I can push that wall ball up there. Mentally I can row past that pain threshold. And, um, that gives me encouragement to see, you know, youngsters, kids, teenagers get out there and do that. And like you said, I don't, to me, a good athlete, and this is just what I've learned before when I was playing softball, it's, it doesn't matter, I don't care about how much you do, or how, you know what I'm saying, to me, it's a matter of your attitude, plus what you can do, and how you encourage others, and you're a team player, 
That's that's important to me. That's who I look to. If somebody gets out there and's never done it, like Gracie, she did it Friday night. Uh huh. She hasn't been in it that long. She's 19 years old. She hit five plus. Okay? <laughs> that's awesome. And I mean, she wasn't gonna do it at first, and I kept telling her, "You better do it. You better do it." Because I look at kids. To me, they're kids. I'm 50, so they're kids, and and you to me, you're a kid. You know. <laughs> but I look at y'all, and I'm just. I get all excited just watching y'all, you know, I, that, that's what pushes me, you know, it's like little things that people say like Terrence and you and shopping and stuff like that. Just keep moving. Just keep, that's, those are the things that go through my head that before when I was working out, I didn't get that, you know, and I get that from where I'm at now and I love it. I just love it. It's addictive. <laughs> yeah, it's very addictive. <laughs> It's, I agree with you there. It's very addictive. This is I've stuck with this the long longest that I've stuck with anything except for rollerblading. With rollerblading? Yeah. I don't like rollerblading. Uh, no, I've stuck with <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not that I like rollerblading, but that takes more work than what we do, I think sometimes. That's funny. If oh. Terrence ever brings rollerblading in, I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there for sure. Okay, um, go ahead. Well what what Let's rewind and go back to okay. what what happened with your son that he had traumatic brain injury. Was it an accident or born with something or what? No, what he uh, five years ago he got hit by Metro Rail and um, he had his earbuds on and he was crossing and he didn't hear it and it hit him going forty miles per hour. Holy smokes! And so two off duty police officers and I'm grateful to them. Uh, uh, he died twice on the scene. And so, yeah. You get hit going 40 miles an hour crossing? Yeah, he was so crossing, crossing and it, the and it, tracks. Crossing the tracks at downtown Houston. Okay. And he hit, he got hit. And when he got hit, he got slammed into some rod iron, a rod iron gate. And Did he fly off or yeah, stay on the. No, he. That's it, incredible that he even walked mm-hmm. away. Like that he's even alive. Yeah, and he's walking and he's talking and he's not going to ever be able to work. Um, but he. He's happy and he's he's alive. You know, he wasn't even supposed to make it because they told me that night that I would have to make a decision to pull the plug. And so I was like, okay, God, if you want him, take him. If you don't want him, that's you know, if you, if you want him, take him. If you want to keep him on earth, I'll fight. And I fought. I fought. That's crazy. <laughs> I fought. So he went from being in a coma to it for a month to. Being a, uh, from going to all kinds of therapy, all kinds of hospitals to where he is now. Was he married or have anybody or anything? He was just. No, he was, uh, he was just getting his life together. He was just getting off the drugs and alcohol and stuff. So. Oh man. He's Mm -hmm. just getting clean and then gets Mm -hmm. hit by. Mm -hmm. The Metro rail. (laughs) Was this early in the morning or. Uh, I think it was late at night. I don't exactly remember. Because all I care, all I thought of was that my son was, yeah, you know, you know I, w- I was going to lose my son. So, I mean, that's all I was thinking about. But um, that morning when I woke up and I went there, it wasn't like an aha, you know, light in the bed type moment. But it was enough for them to say that they didn't have, they didn't, I didn't have to make that decision to pull the plug. So I stayed with them day in and day out, sitting in neuro ICU, and I played music for him. And I never left his side. And um, uh, and thank you. I thank my husband and my family for seeing me through it because I stayed up there. I wasn't going to leave him. And um, 
from then on, I mean, he made it through it. But I would play music because they say TBI or when you're in a coma, they can hear that. So I would talk to him and I'd read him stories and I'd play him music and I'd move his legs and I would massage his body to keep the circulation going. And yeah. Were you there when he woke up? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah? I was the first person he spoke to. Oh, wow. I have wow. it on video. And so he spoke when he, as soon as he came to, he did? He, he, oh, wow. You have that on video. Yeah. He said, I said, Ty. I said, John. And he goes, yes. I said, who's number one? He goes, I am. I said, who's the, so I can't remember what I said. He said, I am. I said, okay. I said, who loves you? He goes, you do. And it was like, whoa, okay. So it was like watching your son be an infant, you know, and. Because he had to learn how to walk and talk and eat, you know, so. Yeah. He's got to learn everything again. <laughs> yeah. Does he live up here with you or does, is he down in Houston on his own? Does he live on his own or does he have to have constant care? How's well, it? he has to have constant care, but he wanted to go back to the nursing home. So he's back at the nursing home in Navasota, which is good. And Do you um, feel like he's more independent that way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he likes, that's what he chose. And he said that's what he wanted. And I said, okay, that's fine with me. And Terrence has met him several times. He yeah. loves Terrence. <laughs> Everybody loves Terrence. Man, <laughs> it's hard not to love that dude, isn't it? He's great. Yep. But yeah, John's doing really good. In fact, uh, Lauren just dyed his hair for him. He wanted it red, so it's red. <laughs> Is it long or short? It's long. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is what he wants. And so I was like, here's the dye. Here's the dye. So now he's a redheaded child, redheaded stepchild with brown eyes. (laughs) Does he ever get to like, can he just leave it? Like you can come pick him up and take him to things and do like, is he's not. He's not combined. Yeah. yeah. Like he's at my house right now. He's going to eat stew with us tonight. So I'll take him back tonight before he has to take his meds. So he's, he's doing really good. Nice. He always comes to, when he comes to CrossFit, he'll look at y'all, the guys doing CrossFit. He says he likes looking at the girls, by the way, while they're doing CrossFit. <laughs> but he said, I look at, he goes, but I look at the guys and I know I can do that. I said, right on, John. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so awesome. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it's, it, how do you, like, will he ever get better? Than what he is now? Will things improve, or is it kind of like a wait and see? Like it's a maybe, wait and see, maybe not. Maybe not because your brain, believe it or not, is the most. And I never knew this until he had his accident. But your brain controls everything you do. It controls how you walk, how you talk, what movements you make. Um, it controls your organs. It controls when you know you need to go to the bathroom, when you get hungry, all that. So it's like the central control system of everything in your body. So his synapses, which are like, you know, neurons and stuff that cross over, some of that's been, a lot of that's been destroyed in his frontal lobe. So he will be able to compensate over time for that that doesn't work that well. Your brain can do that. It's amazing what your brain can do. Wow. (laughs) So it doesn't ever actually heal itself. It just like... Something starts to take over for that. And for that, that compensate and mm-hmm. help out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he could actually get more function and more like be more cognitive. I guess you could say. Yeah, cognitive. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're wow. right on target because that's and that's why I think all that I might be 50 years old, but I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> I can do this if he can do what he's doing. 
Yeah, that that's. Does he have like a lot of pain, or does he even he does? And Mm-mm. obviously, you know, that's what I say. I've been knocked out more than a few times, and well, y'all have some kind of traumatic brain injury. I always say like being knocked out is better than like falling and staying awake sometimes because you don't feel it. You just wake back up. Like what you, happened? Yeah, you don't know what just happened. Like mm-hmm. you have no you have no idea really. You're like oh. Oh, I ran into what? Yeah, what happened? Like that. So, I mean, obviously he didn't know, he doesn't know anything from that impact. He didn't feel anything. Mm -hmm. He doesn't understand what, I mean, really what happened, does he? No, he does not. He doesn't even remember when um, he came out of it and he was at Tears in the Woodlands and my hat's off to Tears there. Amazing. Um, What's Tears? Tears is a place like if you get in an accident from like a trampoline accident. And you become paralyzed or you get traumatic brain injury and stuff. They help you. They have all kinds of specialists that come in and work with these patients and work with these people that have been injured in that manner and get them rehabbed, like to eat, to walk, you know, to, you know, talk correctly, things like that. They just have all What a caring individual Mm -hmm. that takes to do that. No, they are amazing. They are completely amazing. Like the patients and the, you know... That okay, so now that we're looking at that, I'm my brain's thinking it's a it's kind of crazy the combination of having to do those little things. Like he's got he has to look at any sort of little movement as this gigantic improvement. Mm-hmm. And the doctor, like you're sitting there as a mom watching him, just like oh, if he moves his finger a certain way or if he picks something up, you're like. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. We've been working so hard to get this down. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's it, like little simple questions that you can ask him. Like, um, what happens if, or what would you, what is the hardest thing to afford? It takes him, like, what, what, like, um, uh, what would you do when you clean up your room? And it takes him, like, 15 minutes to think about, that first answer or maybe no about five or ten minutes to think of that first answer because he's having to process that yeah and and when i do things like that with him to exercise his brain or his mind it amazes me you know that you know and you have to be patient as well like you know it's totally different now so when you say something to him you have to understand that he's processing it and it's going to take him a while to and it's do it. exhausting for him after 15 minutes he'll tell me can we do something else i'm like yeah sure yeah, i'm getting tired of this too <laughs> the answers are hard for me now <laughs> that's awesome. uh, i don't want to do this anymore either <laughs> oh, oh that's 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 really funny. <laughs> yeah we both were looking at each other we're done yeah we're done we're done i'm tired too let's mm-hmm. move on to something else for another 15 minutes and he has seizures but his seizures are he's doing better with the seizures there was only one scare we had and he's doing better now. no are they like so well no it's been more than one scare but <laughs> are they just, those are obviously because of the brain injury mm-hmm. right yes are they the, the same as like epileptic seizures yes. Mm-hmm. Do you use any CBD oil or anything like that with him? I had at first, and some people have a good reaction. He didn't have too much of a good reaction to it. It didn't do anything. It didn't really well. do I anything. I think it, it all depends on the individual and their chemical makeup. You know, for him, he's got severe traumatic injury to the frontal lobe, and he's had a stroke. So, I mean, for him, it just didn't. It didn't. It didn't take. I guess yeah. you can say, but. Um, we do other things like he loves his music and I'm sure it's because 
of uh, me playing it for him since the first day that he was in a coma. Yeah. In the accident, I kept playing these, putting earbuds in his ear. I'm sure he loved that. <laughs> I'm still like, I'm still putting myself in your position of sitting there in a room when somebody comes to that you love, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's... And that you care about. And they, like being there for that moment when they came to and they actually spoke to you. It was, I, I was on my knees because it was the first time. I, I mean, and it's amazing because when he was in neuro ICU, there's all these other people there. And, well, not all, but there's like five or six beds that are in all because they have to keep it an open area to watch them all. And it was at Bentob and... You know, you know when you're sitting, the other person's sitting there talking to their loved one. It's like I just want to say, I just want to hear John say, "I love you" one more time. You know, those are the things that go through your head. How grateful you are for the little tiny things. Puts things in perspective. Pretty much. Like <laughs> little tiny things don't mean as they're they're not as aggravating anymore. Well, it's like this. It's like why was I so big on stressing that he? do this and that, you know, and now all I want is to hear I love you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, like, the big things like college education and all that didn't matter to me anymore. It was yeah, like, what job that was null and void. <laughs> We're past that, <laughs> or I'm past that. Let's move on to something else. <laughs> you get, it makes you grateful. Yeah. Very grateful. I can, I can't imagine. <laughs> I, I can't put, I mean, fully put myself in those shoes, you know, with that, that sort of thing. It's like, it's and it's, but I can be empathetic with that, um, that situation where having kids myself and you know people I care about, my mom, my dad, Kim, you know, that's a why I like kids. everything. It's like, man, as aggravated as we get all the time, which obviously it's justified. You know, you've got we to have discipline. You've got I'm to have seventeen-year-old. I know. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, you're like, sometimes it's like, man, maybe I should just hug them. Mm-hmm. They're not expecting it, you know, and, and but it's like the little things yeah. like I love you, yeah. you know, and um, I hope you have a good day. And hey, that was really awesome that you did that instead of harp for me. I always used to harp on what they didn't do instead of recognizing what they did do. If oh, that makes any man. sense. Yeah, that makes <laughs> that's then that's powerful. Uh-huh. It really is powerful to we focus on a lot of what people don't do. It's a lot of what you didn't do this. You didn't get this right. You di- you know it's correction 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 instead of appreciation sometimes. Character for, assassination. For yeah. Well, I mean it's not it's just the way I guess it's the way human beings are. It's not necessarily bad, but you know you're at no. your job. It's you don't normally get high fives. Mm-mm. You get you did your job and mm-hmm. then if you mess up, that's when you get attention. Mm-hmm. That's when the attention, you know, and for certain people like myself and Kim is one of these people as well that um, we don't need high fives and hugs and all that, you know, all the time, you know. But we put so much pressure on ourselves to do a good job, to have something pile on top of it more than necessary. Like, it just tears us up because we care so much about what we do. Like, our production, we care about it, you know. Well, so, it counts. Yeah. yeah. It counts what you do because you are there, you're there. For me, I'm. I'm my kids, uh, what they look at, you know, they respond. I'm a mirror of what, you know, they, they get it. Well, now when they're 17 and my other one's 24, nah, they're, they're kind of doing their own thing, but they have an idea. I mean, you, you, they're like a little mustard seed, you know, and you just, you water it and you, you love it. And, 
And I don't know. I just learned a hard lesson with my son, John. So what, it, what does it change having that situation and going into having a 17-year-old? So you have that. And then when did this happen in, in his age? And how did that affect you raising him from that point? Uh, raised, it affected us in a, in a very... It, it affected us in a very negative manner, but in a positive manner. He did not like the fact that I was gone. My son. Oh, I got you. Um, let's see, he was 17, five years ago. So he was like 15, 14 years old. Yeah. And um, Pretty important time oh, yeah. in life. Yeah. And his dad was there for him, but his dad was having to work. And I was all the way in Houston, you know, living in a hotel room with my, you know, going to see my son every day from 7 a.m. till 5 or 6 at night. No, sometimes 8 at night I wouldn't leave and go to bed and then get up and do the same thing over again. And... um it affected him because he he was not it it scared him and he didn't know and nobody explained anything to him if that makes any sense. Was he we, close to his brother? John, yeah, he was close to him, but they kind of drifted apart because of his drug addiction and stuff. And um, but I think he resented him for what happened, and but he got over it. He's gotten over it. It's taken time for John Ty to get over it, but he's in Chase too, my twenty-four-year-old. Well, how like how you're dealing with him? How did that change after this happened? Like he wakes up and then now you've got you're, you're grateful for this situation. How did that affect you raising like the way you treated him? And oh, the his way attitude? that I treated my yeah, son. Yeah, yeah, it was the seventeen-year-old. Like I, I wanted. I, I loved him. You know, I at first I was. I don't know how to explain it. I went through my own um, dark, you know, my own dark side through all of it. And um, so, but at the end of it, it made me, uh, it scared me. Like if he didn't call me, it scared me because I thought maybe something happened to him. I overreacted to things. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if, if I Now you're paranoid them, that everybody's getting hit by a train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And um, so, yeah, it kind of affected me that way. My husband wouldn't call me. I'd call him 10 or 20 times, scared, you know. Yeah. If I didn't hear from Chase, same thing. You know, I overreacted to everything. Well, it's hard not to. Yeah, and I did. But as time went on and um, things unfolded, it's gotten a lot better. But I still never, ever, it's getting better. But I still, if I don't hear from my son or something or he doesn't pick up the phone, I get worried, you know. But, yeah, automatically you know, thoughts start going yeah, through your head. Like, why hasn't he called me? He usually knows to pick up the phone. He, he you know, he always picks up the phone. Now you're driving him nuts. Yeah. If he's anything like me, that would drive oh, me yeah, nuts. Oh, yeah, he does. He goes, excuse me, I'm just getting out of class. I'm like, yeah, I'm overreacting. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I mean, and it's kind of hard to be understanding if you're independent on his side. You know, it he's very didn't happen to, It didn't happen to him. So he's like, he, it's hard for him to be as understanding towards... You, you know, constantly calling him and wanting and to know where he's at. Anymore. You know, it'd be frustrating. I'm doing better at it. I have to say I have graduated, you know, and that's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. It CrossFit helps me with my anxiety. It actually helps with that. It, you know, makes me focus on something else other than, you know, where he's at or what he's doing. Or... Is that it? The, the, like, it releases that worry? Yeah, it there? actually does. Yeah? It really does. You think it's like the... The stress of the workouts 
on your body, like in the release of the endorphins that you the get. Like, release you of know, the endorphins. And you can't be somewhere else. Mm-mm. You know, it's one of those things where you can't really be somewhere else. No, I have um, to focus on what I'm doing. I heard a great thing. Like I was listening to a podcast with a, um, a wing, guy that does wingsuiting. And that's what the guy was asking. Why do you do it? Like, why? It was his friend. He's like, why do you do that? And he's he's saying, it's the only place that gets me back to zero. Like, yeah, I'm at a 10. And he says, I think most people walk around at a 10 or yeah. 10 plus with just everything in their life. Like, everything going on. And when I'm in a wingsuit, I do not have a choice but to focus on what I'm doing for that for those moments. Because it's it's literally life or death. Right. And then... When it's over, it's like I've come down. Like I'm, I'm finally clear again to like. I, it's like pushing a reset button, you know, on things. That's what happens to me. It's like when I go in, I, I have one hour to focus on just letting it all go, you know, just releasing it, and it feels good. And that's why I said it's like I said before. I walk into that gym, and it's like automatically, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's like some people walk into a massage, you know, chair like that. I walk into CrossFit like, here I am. I'm here at my CrossFit family. <laughs> I get to do this fun thing for an hour mm-hmm. and talk to my friends and just forget about life for a second. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no, I, I get to see other kids, you know, other kids that are pushing it and making something of themselves. And I get to see, uh, like, uh uh, Kay Dilia's uh, daughter, you know, have a grand, another child, you know, she had a child, a little baby and the baby's growing, you know, and those are, those are wonderful things to watch, you know, at that gym. Yeah. It's not just watching somebody doing a great overhead squat or something. It's, it's, it's more the community. than that. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the spirituality that I feel there. The spirit, you know, I just love it. It's positive. <laughs> you know? It is. It is a lot. And I have heart. I have a lot of heart. I had that in softball, and I've been given the opportunity now at this gym to do the same thing, you know, to have heart. Yeah, <laughs> and everybody can – that's why it kind of frustrated me with – well, it doesn't frustrate me. It makes me kind of like step back and go, there 100,000 people didn't sign up this year because they're mad that they took regionals away. And I'm like, did 100,000 people legitimately think that they were going to make regionals? I mean, legitimately think, no. Those, the, the people that quit were never going to make it anyway. Uh-huh. Because that's their attitude. They're just going to quit. And, well, that's not and the, open is not a, the Open is not about making regionals and making the games. Uh-huh. It's Yes, it's competing. And yes, it's making the games. And it's super fun to watch. And these people are doing some amazing things. But... It's more about the community. Like when I first started, I'd love, like, I love telling people this when they come in and talk about the open. When I first started, I was like, never worked out before. I'm doing this thing, this deal. I'm two weeks in and the open comes up. And I'm like, and I'm not good enough to do that. And everybody just said, just sign up. I'm like, well, I like competing, so I'm going to do it. And I've sold since then because everybody cheering for you, you're pushing yourself yes. to a different place. That's what the Open's yes. about. It's about getting fitter as you as a human and mm-hmm. testing your fitness and something to work towards, you know, and a fun thing that brings everybody together and just like a big party. Yes. You know, a big healthy party. Right. You know? And so 
That's what it's about. See, and I don't know anything about what you're talking about right now. The CrossFit Games. I mean, Lauren was talking about it earlier. She goes, Marlis, you really have no clue. This you? is the best and ever. I know. <laughs> she said, you never, you don't have any clue. I said, no, I just go to be a part of and um, to, to be with my people that I love so much. To watch them grow and have fun and da-da-da-da-da. I have no idea about the doggone games or anything like that. You don't even know anything about no. it? I just knew that I was going to do the open, and I was afraid, and I was going to do it, and I did it because I needed to do it, and it's like, I owe Jennifer a huge apology because they did that women's deal, the the women's, uh-huh. the where they went to San Antonio, yeah, yeah. and I, I, my pride, I think my pride had gotten in the way, but I pawned it off as I don't want to be a burden, and I couldn't go because I couldn't afford it, and they needed another person to go, and uh, uh, I found out through a mentor of mine, Debbie, and she says, Marlis, if they were going to pay for you to go, you should have gone because you would have been of service to them to help them, da 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 And I was like, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. But I learned something from that. I don't have any clue about making it on the big board in the big CrossFit world, okay? All I know is, is this inspires me. This motivates me. This keeps me going. People in the gym keep me going. I'm 50 years old and I'm able to do something I didn't think I could do. Yeah. You know? And like she was, that's when Lauren was like, you have no clue, do you? I said, I don't have a clue. I had no clue when I walked in the gym what I was walking into. <laughs> no this clue. Is, this is the best. <laughs> this is like the best story ever. I, you can't, I not, you no can't get this because usually people, that's what they see. They see the games. I didn't see anything. They see the, re- you know, it's blasted out there on Netflix has tons of movies about the games. Yeah, and, I don't even watch that. Uh, <laughs> and then we're all glued to the TV. You know, we're all glued to the live streams of the games. I've been there twice in person, and it's just like that's where people usually find out. I actually found out from a guy at a work, like working in a regular gym. I saw him doing. I was like, "What's that?" Because I didn't like what I did. I was just playing basketball there at their their courts and he came in he was doing these handstand push-ups and things. i know I, like, I can't do that and he was running like crazy and i went dude what are you doing he goes it's crossfit and i was like whoa this is this is pretty interesting so i google it chris spieler showed up the first thing i'm sure you probably don't, I don't know, even who, know chris, who he is so he doesn't go to sawed off so i don't know <laughs> CrossFit gods are Terrence and Healy and you and Kim. Oh and my Callie. goodness! Don't put me on that pedestal. Well, I mean, y'all, like y'all, I, I look too because of your because of your attitude, the way you conduct yourselves, how you are with your kids, how you are with the community. That's what I look at. You know, I don't look at like on a big scale. Even when I played softball, people were like, "Well, don't you know who that is?" I'm like, "I don't care." Is he a good person? Yeah, is he a good person? Yeah, they. You know, da 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 da. But like you said, I have no idea who Chris Spieler Spieler. Well, he's a really, really good person, and I bet he is. <laughs> he's actually, and I bet he's amazing. Met but, him a couple times. He's like nicer than what he But he doesn't go to cross off off. CrossFit, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle totally clueless. Oh, that's so funny. Even when we played softball all over the United States, he said da 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 da. They would tell me who it was. And I'm like, because you don't know, do you, Marlis? I'm like, I don't care. That's an awesome way to go through life, though. I don't sometimes, know. you know, I'm just trying to do me. You're not going to be intimidated by anybody in that in that competition setting, then. Mm-hmm. No, you know? because all I'm trying to do is me. I, I, yeah, 
Just sitting here I thinking mean, about I'm hard like, on myself, and I'll go, is 152 doing it four rounds at the Open this Friday night good? I think so. For my first time, for walking through the fear, that's all right. I'm good with that. I'm, you know, I'm 50 yeah. years old. I rock, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know I rock, but I like seeing... It's amazing to watch these young, like I said, these young people come in and they do it. Like Grace, she wasn't going to do the the Gracie wasn't going to do it. It's, She's freaking amazing. I loved watching her. You know, it's like Lauren. Look at Lauren. You know, Kim. All of y'all. I just like, wow, this is so much fun. Just watching y'all, I just get an adrenaline rush. <laughs> this is what it should be about. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what it should be about. It shouldn't be about the games or any of that stuff. It should be about this right here. Like, you didn't even know what was going on. Mm -mm. And you're just enjoying it so much. There couldn't be a better spokesperson for it. Oh, thank you. Not a one better spokesperson for it. I love y'all. Y'all are amazing. <laughs> y'all really are. And when they, they... I never heard of Chris Spieler. Sounds like a magician. But I mean... <laughs> Some people call him a ninja. You can call him a magician. That works. <laughs> Sorry. I was just like... Yeah. And you remember when they said that that one lady was coming, beautiful young lady that oh, came Bethany. to help Bethany? Yeah. They're like, mm -hmm. da -da -da -da. I'm like, Kim could do the same thing. What's <laughs> <laughs> <was> the difference? <laughs> you know, Callie uh, could do that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it is really, really, well, as human beings, we like to put people on pedestals like that where... They do something amazing, obviously, Michael Jordan or whoever it is. Mm -hmm. Like, if we're doing something, we get involved in that world. You know, we see something doing some crazy feats that are way up here, and we like to put them up on... They're all human. Mm -hmm. And you look at them like they're all just human. Everybody's just human. Like, yeah, I did that with my mom. She said, I'm not taking you to meet... She was going to meet the Governor Perry's wife one time. She goes, I'm not taking you with me. I said, why? She said, because I know you. I said, what do you mean you know me? She goes, you just don't care about you know I said I don't care about bowing down is that what you're saying I said they're just human beings I'm going to respect them like they respect me yeah. that's about it she goes yeah but you voice your opinion I said yeah I do <laughs> don't bring me yeah don't bring me <laughs> don't bring me <laughs> I'm good <laughs> uh, I might say something and then not good I uh, and I can I know how to shut my mouth, but golly, you know it's Governor Perry. You definitely want to put your politicking out there a little bit. <laughs> I guess I some people would. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't. A lot of people wouldn't wouldn't say anything. Oh to yes, him, I know? would. Yes, I would. Yes, he works for me. I pay my tax money. <laughs> it's very true. It is very. That's a very true way to look. At, you know, a good way to look at it. But I mean. It's just that's that's a crazy cool. Way I have to never life. been like that either. I've never really cared about, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I respect you for being there, but at so the you same weren't a time, fan of anything like where you looked up to somebody in a certain thing ever. No, not really. Not all the way through no, life. No. Mm -hmm. Growing up, you never. Mm -hmm. Just like people within my community, or you know, who I hung out with or stuff, I did. But as far as like idolizing anybody people like in your them? bubble no. that really affected your life that's how i yeah it was people that affected my life that 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 were my heroes chris Bieler doesn't affect your life in one no. bit <laughs> at all <laughs> not at all <laughs> that is I, such a great way to look i've at always it. been that way i've always been like that that's my mom he would said you're crazy i said call me cray cray that's my middle name i don't mind but i'm not i just like people for who they are 
Yeah. You know, if you're not going to treat me good or treat me right, or so you get to see if somebody's a really nice person. Have you ever or seen not people nice? that are really, really, really like have made the, a name for themselves or whatever, and they make it all the way up and stuff like that, and then they treat people like crap? Oh yeah, I don't oh, like yeah. people like that. I've worked out with them. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't play that. I mean, I'm like, if you have a bad attitude, I don't care. I really don't care what car you drive, how much money you make, or whatever. It doesn't matter to me. I just care about how you treat others, because that's what helps. That's that's just what matters. And it, and it, and I have a tendency to be a little brat, so I have to watch my attitude, you know. But I can I am nothing like Chris Spieler, that that guy. Or, I'm going to show you a video okay, whenever we get done so you can to, see And I'll probably be amazed, okay? <laughs> but I'm still not going to ask for his autograph. Oh, no. I haven't done that either. <laughs> but I'm saying that, I mean, those are my heroes in my life, are those people. You know, my sister who passed away, she's my hero. You know, those are my heroes. Those are the people that I care about the most, you know. Kids, you know, 14-year-old kid, Kendra, people like that. I, I love those type of people. That's what makes makes it better. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does make it makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> it, uh, it's something that I wish I had because uh-huh. I you know I don't have it all the time. Don't get me wrong. I mean I'm because you get and, and you get let down by you know you're talking about those people that they get up on a pedestal like they make it to the top of somewhere and you're you're you look at them like if I look at Chris Beeler if he'd have been a total turd to me mm-hmm. it would have like made me kind of sad. But I think you have to think of it this way, too. It's kind of like what you said. People are people. We are human. We yeah. make mistakes. You know, even people that are up there and people get mad at them because or criticize them for doing what they've done. Well, really? Well, what about Joe Blow, you know, two doors down from you did the same thing? <laughs> you know, what's any different from him doing it other than he makes good money? You know, and Joe Blow doesn't. Or he does something that I'm impressed with. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Those are the people I like, you know, like Buddha, you know, or, uh, you know, people like that, that are spiritually fit, okay, and that actually show it, those are the people I look up to. That Those are the people I look up to. I don't care less about, I love you, Spieler, but um, I don't know you, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's people like CrossFit, Sawoff, yeah. that, I mean, K makes a difference in my life. Um, you make a difference in my life. People that have a direct effect on my life. Not somebody I don't ever see. Yeah, that's the only thing that really matters. <laughs> uh-huh. It is yeah. what really matters. And so that is that is like, like when I said to you, be the perfect spokesperson, you are. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you're the sp- best spokesperson for anything uh, well, I will that s- you're into because that's the way people, I wish I looked at it. That I wish I had that ability to look at and not put those goggles on. Mm-hmm. You know, just to be like, I think of the interviewer I'd be. Oh, you you're know, a great interviewer. No, so but I mean, far. if if I if I were to get somebody that you know, I'm, I can't say that I wouldn't be nervous. I've been nervous for podcasts before with people, just because I know what they've done, and you know, I'm I'm looking at it from that angle. But to try to put myself, I got to start practicing putting myself in your mindset mm-hmm. when you look at people. It's like that. I don't know who you are, or what you did. I right. just want to know if you're a good person or not. Yeah. I mean, I've gone up. Some people will even ask, do you know who that was that you just talked to? Well, who? <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea who I just talked to. I'm just glad I got to meet them, I guess. They yeah. were people. They were nice. Okay. <laughs> and that's why when poor Lauren was talking to me, she goes, yeah. And the games, 
this one girl did 392 and I said that's phenomenal what games <laughs> I had no idea <laughs> what games what games whatever okay we're just there to have a good time <laughs> did you even watch the open announcement no no Mm-mm. oh that's awesome. no. did you watch the thing on do you have Facebook yes okay did you watch the thing with Laura Lee and Ashley yes okay <laughs> now I had to watch that that's exactly mm-hmm. what that's it you are practicing what you preach mm-hmm. with every well, I had to watch it. them yes <laughs> and then when the women were doing their deal in San Antonio I followed them the whole way because I just wanted to be there so badly oh yeah yeah but they did good it was super fun mm-hmm. they got a house and they stayed there and it I was, know. it's more of a bonding experience than anything else when you travel to do those things um, you get to know them on a different level too, yeah, right? and you bond with them because you're going through that competition. It's four hard workouts. They're hard for everybody, mm-hmm. or you know, sometimes more, sometimes less. But it, it really like you do one, you've got to go rest, get prepared for the next one, and then you're talking with your teammate. It's like the ultimate teammate sport when uh-huh. you're doing those teams. Like you're, you've got to be in it like perfectly with this other person timing wise to make this go as best as possible if you're competitive at all it's like gonna push you that's to what betty was do your best me. and she says you would have had so much fun because oh, yeah. you your adrenaline she goes that's something you would have loved because when it comes to team to doing yep. things as a team i'm all about it i'm and all betty about was it. awesome to watch she, she, she was. grabbed the ball like that sandbag and it's like oh. the mental toughness to hold the ball where she did and to like Kept trying to push it over her shoulder, you know, not doing they it before. They said it was 75 pounds. Yeah, she's like getting it right there. And like you can see the determination on her face. And she just went until her body gave out. <sighs> and so it's something really cool to watch. Mm-hmm. Like it was something that was really neat to watch her go. Th- and I would have loved to watch you do it. Next just I'll to be see there it. next yeah. time. <laughs> there we go. I'm gonna, if I get invited, I'm not going to let anything stop me. <laughs> But yeah, my, my heroes at CrossFit are, are sought off or cross are y'all. I mean, it's like when y'all were doing Wellborn, I was like, we're going to kick their butt. You know, I, I like Wellborn. Great for you. Glad you have a CrossFit gym, but we're the best. You know, that's my deal because that's where my heart is, is for y'all. You yeah. know, yeah. I don't care about Chris Steeler, but I Jim like Pride. Him. Oh, Jim Pride? Jim Pride. You've got yeah, your pride got for yourself. Yeah, I got Jim Pride for yeah. y'all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can hurt y'all. Nobody can knock you down. That's how I look at it. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, with you, Laura Lee, and Kim at the gym, I don't think that we can go wrong at any point in time. <laughs> I don't think that we can go wrong at any point in time. <laughs> All right, Marlis. Well, this has been like, this has been an hour. Yeah, I can't believe it's going by that fast. That's awesome, isn't it? The sun's it? going down. It's time to eat. <laughs> I know. We start seeing, in the window, the sun just starts to come down. Yeah. Thank you for letting me do this. I appreciate uh, it. Thanks for being on. This was a lot of fun. It was, it was it was really good. Well, I just remember it. that sawed-off CrossFit is the best gym to go to in Bryan College Station area. All right. That's how I feel. <laughs> there you, you've heard it straight from Marlis, <laughs> the person who doesn't look at anything from an angle. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. Thanks, Marlis. Bye.